Welcome everybody to the Miami Sports Junkie Podcast, your source for your Miami sports fix. Discussing everything from Jimmy Bucket's triple doubles to the Dolphins receiver play troubles. Hosted by me, Miami Sports Junkie, Mr. JT, and Sean. Now, let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Miami Sports Junkie Podcast. With me, as always, Juan and Sean. Thank you guys for joining me on a Sunday. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, guys, uh, yesterday was uh, the the fourth through the seventh round of the NFL draft. I did want to talk a little bit today about our Miami Dolphins. They're getting national praise for their drafting yesterday. Um, Some people are saying they're in the top three best draft classes of this year. Credit goes to Chris Greer and Brian Flores for doing their work. Um, And I kind of want to like just dive in with you guys. I was super excited for this draft. Uh, Last year went 10 and six where we had just uh, had Tua Tagovailoa's rookie year. Um, but we all knew that he had, you know, a big need in finding some weapons. And, you know, they already addressed adding one in the offseason with the addition of Will Fuller in the, in the receiver core. Um, but they, uh, they, they did a lot of work over the last couple of days, and I'm excited. So in the first round, the Dolphins ended up having the sixth pick, and me and Juan had predicted it had to be one of the big three of uh, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, or uh, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. They ended up getting Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Jamar Chase ended up going to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, to reunite with with uh, Joe Burrow. What are your thoughts? A lot of people making a comparison to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I see it. The guy, the guy has grit. He's tough. Like national title game on one leg. I give this draft pick an A. I think they address a big need, and they got one of the best players in the draft. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I think you know clearly Waddle brings a ton of speed. Uh, there's a comparison to Tyreek Hill, and I think that's a a ceiling type. You know, that's the best case scenario. And you know, the Dolphins needed a playmaker, someone with a lot of speed, uh, in addition to Will Fuller. And obviously has a relationship going back to Alabama with Tua. So I was um, I was very pro, you know, the, the Waddle pick. Uh, I would have been happy with Devontae Smith also. Um, Pitts would have been my number one or Chase was my number two. But it probably just wasn't realistic that those guys were going to be there at number six. So I think when we traded down from three, I think we had already sort of realized maybe that Waddle, they said Waddle was one of our, I think, second on our board to uh, Trevor Lawrence. So uh, if that's the guy we identified early on that we wanted, it's definitely a a great job moving back, getting some picks, and still getting the guy you wanted. Yeah, I think um, uh, like me and the line and basically uh, you, we just in agreement. I think um, either way, Jalen Waddle or or Devontae Smith was, I think, the pick at number six, unless, you know, Pitts or or, uh, Chase slipped through, which, you know, was highly unlikely, uh, like we saw. But... um, I think I kind of wanted uh, Devontae Smith, but like I said, I just I wasn't really disappointed because obviously I wanted I just wanted Tua to get some weapons, and uh, you can't go wrong with either saying, uh, you know, Waddle or 
or Devontae. So I think either way, if it was either one, we were in good shape. Um, I think for the 18th pick as well, um, Jaden Phillips, freak athlete, uh, even though he kind of has an injury history and he was injured last year, he still, you know, I think, so. I don't know who was, who was in the setter, but he was like one of the best defensive ends in the, in the draft. So I think uh, overall we did great. I think we just, I really wish we could have gotten Javante Williams, especially that he was the 35th pick and we had the 36th pick. I think that was something that uh, was a big need. I wouldn't give the draft an A. I'd give it a B plus, B B B plus around there because I just think uh, Ahmad saw I, Ahmad and and Gaskin aren't really gonna fill that need. And as I know, we got that guy from you know free agency. I forgot from where. Uh, I think he played with the Rams or something like that. Um, Malcolm but, Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. You know, and he again, he's what we thought Jordan Howard was gonna be last year, and look how that turned out. You know, <laughs> so um, I, I give this I give this draft like a B B plus. Um, but I think, you know, we we did the best we could and we got the best talent that was available on the board. So you see, but that's where like I, I'm I'm really disappointed actually. I give the the eighteenth pick, I give it a, a C minus. I'm gonna tell you why. Jalen Phillips, when he because I'm obviously a big fan of the U as well, being from Miami. When he got uh when he transferred over to the to the U, you know, he retired. Like, he wasn't playing football anymore because of his injury history. Mm-hmm. So, I know he had a good year, but I, I there's a lot of question marks for me on that pick. Um, and ultimately, obviously, with the departure of Kyle Van Noy, I know they were going to be looking to add an end. But once again, like, we had one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah. And... I just think that the need was there, and Najee Harris was still available, if I'm not mistaken, at that point. And we didn't take him. And that's where I would have given that pick an A, because that's what we had discussed. But I understand why they addressed the the end position, but I'm not crazy about the Phillips pick. I'm just not. I'm I'm not that huge on it either. I mean – I, I think I'd give that pick a B just because I know, yes, he has injury history, but when healthy, he's he's an animal in the field. So hopefully that's the case, that he does stay healthy. Uh, but I just think we needed that running back position. <laughs> I don't know how much we could. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely like, you know, you know, you could see it out on the field. You know, we had no running back that can really, you know, break through the tackles and, and get up, get down the field and march down the field, you know. So I think – uh, you know, like um, Najee Harris was the 24th pick. We had the 18th pick, so he was definitely available. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I just thought, you know, he's, he was great. He not only was he great, he was a he was a friend of Tua. You know, I just I just thought that was going to happen. But, I mean, we'll see what, how that goes. What did you think about the 18th pick, Sean? Yeah, I, I was also one of those people that wanted a running back, um, whether it was Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or Javante Williams. Yeah. And, um, you know, without getting one of those three, I think after that, the fall was pretty pretty large. There were some other opportunities. Um, the other running back from UNC, Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some different guys that you would have thought we were targeting, but there has to be something where the Dolphins either know that uh, you know, someone's coming available via trade, whether it's maybe Kareem Hunt. People have talked about James Robinson in Jacksonville because they got ETN. Um, you know, if there's somebody that's shaking loose or maybe they just feel confident with Malcolm Brown or the stable of backs that they have. 
I agree that last year we didn't have enough in the running back area. I mean, we were just weak, and that's going to hurt Tua's progression when you don't have a running game behind him. But, you know, if they feel like they had enough and, and they took a gamble with Phillips, I'm also a Miami fan, so when he was on the field, he was very good, but obviously he has that injury history. And then, you know, when we passed on another running back um, in the second round with Javon Holland when we took the safety from Oregon, he seems like a big playmaking safety. And, and ever since we got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, we've really needed that also. So we already have a great secondary, and he seems like somebody that can add to that. So, uh, you know, we're, it's not to the point of the heat where you trust basically anything Riley and Spolstra does, but Chris Krieger exactly. and, uh, and Coach Flores, they've really done a good job since they've been there. So it's almost like you have to trust what they see with the backfield. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just, you know, uh, and 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 I, I get the Javon Holley, you know, the Javon Holley, uh, pick, you know, the safety at Oregon, but um, I don't know. I just I just felt like we could have, I don't know. I felt like we could have traded. It was literally, it was the pick <laughs> right before, before us yeah. that Javante Williams got picked. You know, so I, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, when I saw the Jets had, I think they had the thirty fourth pick, and they didn't pick him, and I was like, oh my god, he's coming. And then I saw, um, who was it that picked him up? The team that Denver. traded him, Denver. They traded, and then and Denver didn't even need a running back, so that's what it was even crazier. They didn't even need a running back, you know. So I don't know. Unless just... they know they're getting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh so. no, he's gone. But talk about um, Javon Holland. Um, a lot of people had him on, on their board as the best defensive player in the draft. Yeah. Um, strong safety. You know, I I like the pickup. Uh, you know, Bobby McCain, I was hearing some sort of cap issues there, so we might be able to move on from Bobby McCain, who's played pretty well since he's been a Dolphin. Um, but ultimately, I, I, give that, I give that one a B plus. I think it was a good pick. Um, you know, and, and then when it comes to the running back situation, I almost feel, and listen, I'm not opposed to it, right? <clears throat> but it comes from the coaching tree of Bill Belichick. And you sort of see him bringing that same philosophy over to the Dolphins. Um, and the, and the, the Patriots have never been aggressive with their running backs. If you look at their running backs over the years, they've never had, like, star backs, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, James White, um, who's the other guy that they ended up letting get paid by Tennessee uh, that the Dolphins almost got him? I can't remember his name now, but they've never really made big investments on the running game. They just get positional guys who could catch and occasionally run. Um, and I think the Dolphins are trying to create a similar system, so they might not be as concerned as running back as we are. So, um, But then in the, the Dolphins ended up trading back into the second round to get another pick, and they got Liam Eichenberg. Yeah, uh, from the Notre Dame, another solid uh, three-year starter, left tackle. I like this pickup as well. Um, I know the Austin Jackson experiment didn't go that well last year, and they get another big man. And the guys, you know, they—he's not really—they say a freak athlete, but they just—he's a solid uh, protector. And I'm going to give that one an A because they actually traded back into the second round and were able to address another need. What do you guys think about that one? 
Well, from what I read um, about him, about Eichenberg, he, he I don't think he um, he let a, he got a, uh, let a sack happen um, in that during the last season, in this last season that just passed. So I think that's pretty phenomenal, you know, especially as an offensive lineman. Um, you know, you wanna you wanna build uh, a solid, you know, you wanna have weapons, obviously for for Tua, but you also need to protect him protect him as best as you can. And I think um, that was a great pickup. I think I give it an A as well. I think he was. Uh, like you said, he's not a freak athlete, but you know, we do need as many alignment as we can as we can get. Experiment with you know the players that we have, and you know, find the right uh, O line to really you know solidify that that forefront for uh, Tua. So, and the running backs. Yeah, I mean the linemen. Anytime you take an offensive or defensive lineman, it's typically not the sexy pick that everybody's excited about. Yeah. But those are the guys, especially the offensive linemen, that if you find quality offensive linemen, it just makes your whole offense better. So he's a guy. It sounds like he's strong, intelligent. Like you said, he doesn't uh, doesn't give up a whole lot of sacks in his time at Notre Dame. Uh, he played left tackle, and they sounded like they wanted to move him to the right side, uh, which would be you know to his blind side would be the right side. So I don't know if he'll continue to play tackle, but yeah, I mean, he, he seems like a good pick and they moved up for him. So obviously they saw something in him. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then after that, the dolphins picked up another tight end. Yeah. The Hunter long from Boston college with the third pick. Uh, he has really soft hands. Obviously, we have Gusecki, but he seems to be like a bigger, more of a traditional tight end for blocking purposes. I'm going to give this this pick a B. I think, uh, you know, you can never have enough good, solid tight ends on a team. They're what they call the quarterback's best friend. Should help out Tua. And obviously, you know, you have a plan B if Gusecki gets hurt and he can't play. Obviously, in the NFL, injuries are very common. What do you guys think about the Hunter Long? Well, I'm gonna have to kind of disagree with you on that one. I think that was gonna be like a uh, like a C plus for me because um you know I think one of the few bright sides that we had on the offensive end was our tight ends. Um, we had Derm Smythe, uh, Mike Kosicki. We have um, what's his name, Mike Collins. You know, so we have we have a lot of tight ends already. Um, you know, I, I I'm not. It's kind of a head scratcher. Uh, for me in this one, I don't know who was left on the board um, during that pick, but uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know. It did that didn't really make sense to me because we have so many tight ends that we use already, and then you know you don't want to you know make your star player on offense, which you know I'm talking about Mike Sicky. You don't want to get him upset or mad, you know, with him getting less playing time because other guys got to play, you know. So uh, I don't know. I I didn't really get that pick. I think uh, we have a really good tight end core already. We're not like phenomenal but in my eyes i'm going out on a limb and saying here that uh, mike six is the top 10 tight end in, in, in the nfl right now so yeah for sure yeah i mean i would grade it at a b minus c plus type deal um I, my guess is that he was one of the best <clears throat> players available on their board and if you're going with that strategy of best player available he doesn't really fit a need necessarily with gaseki there but if if they graded them out that high and they saw the value in him i, I guess it's it's something that they felt the value was there and, and they made the pick. So, yeah. Okay. And then after that, you know, these are already late round picks. And the seventh pick, uh, in the seventh round, they picked up Larnell Coleman, offensive tackle from Massachusetts. I guess 
you know, for death purposes, another big man to throw in the lineup, see how it goes. And, you know, hopefully he'll make the roster if he does or practice squad. So I'm going to give it like a C. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Well, I think um, I'm going to give that a, a B. I think uh, Coleman, from what I've understood and what I've read, he's, he's very athletic and he has experience playing both left and right tackle. Um, so I, any anytime you get a, a you know offensive lineman who can play uh, multiple positions on the line, that's that's always a bonus to me. Um, and you know, like kind of like what Sean said, there's you know you can never get enough of um, O linemen. You know, so I think it was I'm gonna give that maybe even a B plus honestly because um, I, although offensive line wasn't atrocious, how it's been in the past couple of years, it wasn't the greatest. And so I think it was a good, good pick in my opinion. Yeah, the nugget that I found on Coleman, six foot six, 36 inch arms, and 84 inch wingspan. So, yeah, he, um, he basically would be the best, second best big man on the Miami Heat roster, also. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I would just, you know, a guy that's that athletic, that big, you just take a chance on him in the seventh round. If he pans out, great. If not, you know, it's not a real high risk type of pick. So, you know, another one of those kind of C level um, draft picks. And finally, in the seventh round, they picked up a running back, Juan. So you can't be that upset. They got one. From the University of Cincinnati, Jared, or I hope it, or Garrett Dokes is his name. Yeah, I think so. Um, So reading up a little bit on him, he played all four years. Uh, he had 1,700 yards rushing and 14, 14 touchdowns in college, along with 400 yards receiving and four receiving touchdowns in college. He was an average 5.2 per run, which is a, incredible. So I guess that's why the Dolphins liked him. Uh, his average yards per rush were 5.2 yards. I'm going to give it a B just because I really didn't watch a lot of film on this kid. But maybe he's a prospect we could develop. And I think the Dolphins got Jay Ajahi late in the draft as well. And that yeah, worked out we, pretty well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Jay Train. <laughs> Jay Train. Yeah. But he's yeah, another I guy think... that's size, six foot, 230 pounds. So, yeah. Big yeah, athletic think... back. And I think he can catch the ball, is what it sounds like. What I read is that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he's versatile. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about him. I've saw Cincinnati play a little bit since they were kind of a quality mid major. But, Again, seventh round, low risk. You know, he's a guy that comes into camp, and if he can make it, he makes it. And if not, it's it's not like you spent a high round pick on him. So I would give it a C again. But again, I I don't know a whole lot about him besides just the measurables. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with C plus, uh, C plus or B. Um, I'm kind of in between both you on the grade. <laughs> uh, I think, um, like you said, anytime you can get a, a running back who's um, basically six foot and two thirty pounds, two hundred thirty pounds, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be another Derrick Henry, but, you know, hopefully he can re- produce some numbers and, and compete in the backfield with some, uh, Savannah Maud and Malcolm Brown and Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin, you know. So uh, hopefully he can, you know, be that kind of power back that we need and, um, you know, contribute on the field, you know. So I, I, I give like a C plus B. It, it all depends on how he plays, but, you know, we're just grading off how the Panthers, you know. But like, I, like you guys said, I don't – I really didn't watch much of this guy, so I can't really – give a fair grade for him yeah i mean ultimately guys if you look at it like where the dolphins are doing i mean i think that already puts him at what six linemen in the or seven linemen in the last two years Mm -hmm. they're trying to build a wall 
you know, ultimately, like, that's their goal. And, you know, if you want any running back to exceed, you have to have a good offensive line. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely the route that Brian and Chris Greer are going. You know, when you look at teams like Dallas, like, basically, me and you could gain five yards rushing over there. Because, like, <laughs> their O-line is, like, one of the best in the NFL. So, yeah. ultimately, I think that's where the Dolphins are heading with it. Uh I, I once again looking at this draft, I, I give the Dolphins an A, um, not an A plus, just because they didn't address the running back position earlier. Um, but I, but I overall think that, and I also had read for some reason that they might look at Adrian Peterson. I didn't even know he's still in the league, but um, you know maybe that's the route they go, or free agency, or maybe uh, making a trade for like Sean mentioned, like Kareem Hunt. Uh, that would be amazing. You know, to have uh, Tyreek Hill's uh, basically clone in Jalen Waddle, and then now you have uh, Kareem Hunt. So that would be awesome. So I yeah, give him an A for the draft. Yeah, I, I just can't give him an A because of that need of the running back. Uh, I'm going to be that, that asshole that doesn't give them the A. <laughs> uh, definitely give him a B plus. I think, you know, it would have been an A if we would have gotten Javante Williams. It wouldn't have been a bit A plus, honestly, because that guy – Still giving me night night terrors about the game against UM. Um, so uh, I I just can't give him an A. I, I definitely give him a B plus. I think they got what was uh, you know the best available, and I think Jalen Waddles, although he's not a big guy, he does some kind of have some kind of injury history. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong with like you said Tyreek's Tyreek Hill's clone. Um, you know, then it comes Jalen Phillips, defensive end. We lost Shaq Lawson. You know, so hopefully he kind of picks up the slack and that. Uh, area and you know so uh, uh, overall I give us a, give us a B plus I think we could have definitely traded up to get Javante Williams um, if you didn't want to go that high when there's Najee Harris for Travis Etienne for, you know with the 18 pick okay fine but we definitely 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 could have gotten uh, Javante Williams and we literally had the pick right before he got selected in so yeah, um, yeah B plus for me yeah I would go B plus also it's it's one of those things where you know honestly. It's so hard to predict these drafts. You know, when you're grading yes. the NBA draft, it's a little easier because it's only two rounds and yeah, the exactly. impact the impact yeah. really doesn't extend far beyond the lotto. And in the NFL, you know, you can get good players in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And um, you know, so it's harder to predict, but I would agree B plus just because of that running back situation where we didn't get a guy early on. And, you know, if you want to revisit this later, if we go out and get somebody in free agency or through a trade or, you know, someone gets yeah. cut, cut in training camp and then, and then we add them to our roster, that really minimizes what we're discounting them for. So, it, you know, in the big picture, I think we did a good job again in this draft and uh, yeah. hopefully we address running back later. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, and, you know, um, sorry, go ahead. Mark. No. No, I was just going to say that, thank God I didn't hear uh, Ted Ginn is a Miami Dolphin. So, you know, I think we're... <laughs> and, and his family. And his, yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think we did great over, overall. I mean, I, I finally have hope for the Dolphins since I can remember. Uh, you know, both of you are much are much older than me. Um, so, you guys, you know, probably lived through the Dan Marino, you know, uh, yeah. thing. But I, I, I didn't. I had the Cole Peppers, the Chad Penningtons, the... Uh, you know, those, those experiments didn't really work out. So I have hope for Tua and, and the offense and the defense. Listen, I just want us to get through a playoff game and not get, like, destroyed. Because yeah. when the Dolphins have been to the playoffs, it hasn't been pretty. 
since yeah. Marino. <laughs> like, it's always, like, a 40-point blowout. Like, we don't even, like, show up. So, <laughs> But I actually wanted to talk about something else. So, uh, I've been looking at the draft. I was excited, like I told you guys. Um, I think the biggest steal of this year's draft, and I might be, you know, later on on freezing cold takes for this, was Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears. I, I like that kid. I saw him play in the college football playoffs. He's got heart. He's got a heck of an arm. And I'm going to tell you, he went late, but I think he's going to be either the first or second best quarterback out of this draft class. Yeah, That's- I, I, I think I was pretty surprised when the, when the Bears traded up for him uh, in a good way. You know, I, I think uh, Chicago in football and – and uh, basketball, they need some kind of uh, resurgence of uh, of the, the the fan base because they always have great fans. So I was actually pretty happy for them. I never really had any. Now, if we're talking about Boston or or you know the Lakers, I would say they go to hell. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. So um, I think it was great for the for the for the uh, the Bears to really get Justin Fields, and you know I I think he slipped. I think he could have gone a little bit higher. Um, so we'll see how he do, he does. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco came out of left field, and they picked up. I hadn't even read about that kid. He only played in seven games. Um, what what was his name? The the third pick. Um. Oh my God, I'm blanking out. From North Dakota State. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. 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 That was crazy. I never expected that. <laughs> Yeah, but, I, I uh, had a bunch of friends that kind of expected him to be um, picked uh, at that at that with that pick. I was like, oh, mm, this is why I'm more of a Heat guy than a <laughs> Dolphins guy. <laughs> and then Mr. Belichick oh, ends yeah. up getting Mac Jones, who I think I think is going to be the biggest bust of the draft. <laughs> no, that's, I, what I, that's what they freaking get for terrorizing the AFCs for so freaking long. So that's what they fucking get. Yeah, man. I mean, this kid is like, he is a college quarterback. Like, he reminds me a lot of Dorsey, you know, when he was with the Kings. Like, he's not mobile. I mean, he's got a good arm. He's accurate. But I just don't see him being that successful in in the NFL. His pro day was pretty bad. I saw his pro day. That was pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Alabama is just an NFL roster in college football. So, like, you know, a lot of people can look really good there. I'm just gonna say that. So, but ultimately, Belichick got his guy, and you know, didn't have to trade up. And it was funny, man. Like, did you see when he was walking? He looked like a duck. It was hilarious. <laughs> people when were he was walking. He, people were saying he walked just like a bit of Belichick. They showed a little like yeah. side by side of uh, Belichick walking out the to- tunnel of like a game or something, and then um, Mac Jones walking out <laughs> during the draft, and it was like identical. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to proclaim him the biggest bust of the draft, and I'm going to proclaim Justin Fields the probably, the like I said, the steal of the draft. Because yeah. I, I think where he went, I think he should have gone higher. This is my opinion. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up. I know Sean is going to be starting a, a Heat Live uh, pregame. You want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so we've been trying to do some stuff on Locker Room. It's a, a new app. They opened it up for not just iOS, Apple users, but also Android users. Uh, it's interactive, so I've been doing my game day vitamins on there. 
And, um, you know, the first five or six minutes sound the same and it allows you, the listener, to chime in and ask to, to take the mic from me, basically. And so it turns into a live discussion. There's a chat room that goes on. Um, so I've done it three times. There was a little bit of a technical issue on Saturday, so that didn't work. But the other two times where the, the issues were uh, tech related, where it actually worked, uh, they end up going about 30 minutes. So we had some good discussion. You know, people pop in and uh, it's been it's been fun. So we're trying to do a watch party tonight for the Hornets game and see how that goes. And maybe it's something that we continue to do over the next few weeks. I'm yeah, going to tell I kinda... you something, Miami Heat. I do not want to do a Junkies Gone Mad tomorrow. <laughs> Sean already told None me. None of us want to hear it. Please. <laughs> please Sean doesn't want to hear it. So I don't want no Malik Monk. I don't want no Graham. Scoring no 30 points. Put a hand in his face tonight. <laughs> oh, man. A line's that kind of guy you play at LA Fitness and just plays that airplane defense on you. <laughs> It's it's literally the first thing I think about when we lose <laughs> is like tomorrow morning. I think like okay, I have to wake up, I have to go to work, and at some point during the morning, I'm gonna get that notification that there is a new Miami Sports Junkie gone mad, and it just puts me into a tailspin. Like it just instantly <laughs> ruins my day. Oh my god! I actually saved you the other day. Okay, I didn't do the one after the Bulls loss, so I I, I was just like. I didn't want to do it. I was so upset. I was like, I can't even get on this thing. I'm just going to be cursing for, for 10 minutes. So <laughs> what do you guys think? You know, I, what's going on with Oladipo? I mean, I know we're, we're talking about the Dolphins draft, but we're, we're he podcasts. Like, is he going to play again this year? I don't know. I was on um, Alf's uh, uh, Miami Heat beat uh, after game thing, which, by the way, Alf, if you're listening or anybody from Fire Reasons listening, my man was <laughs> – Heavily intoxicated. <laughs> he can barely finish the sentence. Uh, so I don't know how much of a credible source this is, especially coming from Alf's mouth after he was basically uh, slurring like crazy. Uh, but he thinks that um, old people plays again this season, in the regular season. But we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I thought he would have been playing already. And, you know, Kendrick Nunn, Nunn's been playing such a great level lately, and he's basically uh, almost at 50, 40, 90 right now. Um, so he's he's been playing phenomenal basketball and just just an ultimate pro, you know, like just being being so professional and being stay, staying ready and uh, just being ready when his his, his uh, numbers been called. So uh, I don't know. That's gonna be tough if he does come back on the depot and, and you have none. You're like who do you sit down more? Is it gonna be Dragic? Is it gonna be none? Is it gonna be Tyler? It, it, that's gonna be a tricky situation. Well, I think it's definitely Dragic. I had this discussion like you got to put all the depot back in the starting lineup, but now. You're going to have none and Hero coming off the bench, which I think that's a great thing. You know, so I, 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 I'm I, personally, like, not against it because if you look at today, Milwaukee playing Brooklyn, um, you know, Drew Holiday defense on Kyrie Irving was part of the reason they won. So, you know, that's why, like, one of the things that Oladipo does very well, I know his shooting percentages are down, and I'm sure Sean could dive in more into this, is – the defensive aspect of his game is going to be like important for us in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. I think he definitely. Uh, if he does come back, I don't think he's gonna start right away. He definitely, him not really. He wasn't really really gelling before he got hurt. It was like in the last game uh, that he well the game that he got hurt is when he really started putting it together. Um, so you know, and then he got hurt. You know, so it's it's gonna be a bit before he can even come back uh, in the starting lineup. I mean. 
So if he does come back, it's I would say he comes off the bench, and then if he if you see he's jetting well and he's playing well, you know you you, know, you start him. But I think especially with the nun resurgence, you know you, you got to have Victor Oladipo coming off the bench to start. Uh, from what I understand, Greg Sylvander said that he's working out in the practice facility, so he is active. Um, so I, I don't good. know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good sign. It may be that they're just holding him out to avoid any further irritation of that injury. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the question is going to be when he comes back, if he comes back, Kendrick Nunn, I think, has has cemented himself as a starter. And, yeah. and whether, whether he starts or not, I think he's at least made it an, a fact that he's going to get minutes. Kendrick Nunn's not going to go to the bench and just sit there anymore. Yeah, 100%. The, the question really becomes if – Tyler is back healthy, which should be the case, and Goran is healthy. How do you divide up those minutes? Because there's not a lot of minutes to go around for essentially four different players at two positions. And um, in, in that case, I think once we get to the playoffs, the only reason I think Oladipo may start is I think that Kendrick is a little bit more resilient in that he's been able to take going to the bench, getting taken out of the rotation completely, and has came back. And if you look at his season-long stats, his season-long stats are pretty good. It hasn't affected him, and his stats are better when he starts. So yeah. it's more about lineups and how they fit into the puzzle piece versus starting because you get your name called at the beginning. It's really about making lineups that work. And Kendrick works with Jimmy. He works with Duncan. And when you get into those certain bench lineups, the Kendrick thing doesn't work as well. And that may be what we need Victor to do. And then that, I think, to the next level, not that I keep going on and on and on, but the next level thing is if Victor's not able to accept that, it's not saying that he'll be a bench guy for the rest of his career in Miami, but if he can't buy into doing the best thing for our team, if that's coming off the bench, then see ya. Like, adios. Yeah. Sayonara. Make sure, you're, make sure you're running and not buying while you're down in Miami because your ass is gone. So Yeah. I think that's for one sure. thing that he have always uh, um, really, you know, have praised their players for is that, you know, they stay ready, whether it's coming off the bench, starting or barely playing, you know, we've seen it multiple times with different players over the years, especially with Spo. Um, you know, so I think definitely um, if he doesn't buy in and doesn't do what's best, what's best for the team, at least at that moment, uh, like you said, you know, he's getting a first class ticket to the New York. Knicks, listen, so. listen, when you're three time champion, MVP, best heat player of all time comes off the bench Oladipo if you got to come off the bench you got to take it man that's it Dwayne Wade came off the bench so I don't I don't think that that is even a discussion like you know you got to play your minutes and you know it's a pain management thing and all that the only thing I do think I actually think this Kendrick Nunn thing is going to help us a lot more just because of the drop off with Goron this year so that's where I think like is going to help us a lot this year in the in the playoffs. Because yeah, obviously Goron's stats have gone down tremendously. But guys, we'll wrap it up. I know uh, Sean, you have to start your show, and thank you guys again for coming on the Junkies podcast. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, Sean. And it's a wrap. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>